Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Greeny with you. ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Windy in a couple of minutes on the Shell Pennzoil performance line to answer what I think is a delightful, delicious, and devious question for this Friday. Fridays are usually for football, but not this Friday. Got a lot of hoops to get to today, and it is all about LeBron James. The Lakers, one win away from the NBA Finals. Anthony Davis helping carry the king across this threshold. Five wins away from another championship. And the question of the day, I'll give credit where it's due. It came up in our pre-show meeting for Get Up. Just got thrown out there. And it's a good question. And it fits directly into where we stand right now. And I've got it on Twitter, and you can let me know what you think, at ESPN Greeny. Is Anthony Davis the best running mate LeBron James has ever had in the NBA? It's a pretty fascinating little group. He went to Miami, and he won championships with Dwayne Wade, who was a first ballot Hall of Famer and one of the greatest players in the history of the sport, certainly at his position, maybe at any position. Kyrie Irving won a championship with LeBron in Cleveland. And when the moments were there... Kyrie Irving was always the equal of them. He's the one who hit the biggest shot of the year that shot down the 73-win Warriors. And now Anthony Davis, versatile and as talented as maybe any big man ever. Which of the three is the best running bait LeBron James has ever had? It's a fascinating question, and I love everything about it. Again, you can cast your vote on Twitter at ESPN Greeny. I usually post these things the day before. We didn't come up with this till about 6 o'clock this morning. Votes are flying in. I'm going to get Wendy's thoughts on this because Brian Windhorst goes back with LeBron to high school. And LeBron obviously had, I don't mean to sell short the teammates he had in his first stint in Cleveland, but A, he didn't win a championship with them, and B, the best of them was probably Zadrunas Ilgauskas. I'm not including Shaq at the very end. We're talking about the teammates he's won championships with. And I know he hasn't won one yet with Anthony Davis, but he might. Maybe he will. Right now he's an overwhelming favorite to do it. So which of the three is the best running mate? Here's the way I look at it right off the top of my head. Historically speaking, if they all retired now, and of course Wade is already retired, but if Kyrie never played again and Anthony Davis never played again, then hands down the honor would go to Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is historically by far the best player LeBron James ever played with at his peak. Again, I'm not putting Shaquille O'Neal at the very end of his career into that discussion. Dwayne Wade at his best, was as good a player that first year that they won the title, the year that he got there in the summer of 2011, June of 11, when they lost to the Mavericks in 12, when they won it 13, when they won it in 14, when they lost in the Antonio. Those three, the Heatles, and put Chris Bosh right in that conversation, they divvied that up a little bit, maybe because of the unique way, uh, nature of the way they came. When LeBron first gets to Miami, he's deferential. He's trying to tell Wade, it's your team. It's your team. I'm just showing up. And they figured out the way for us to win is if Wade says to LeBron, and that's what happened, no, no, it's your team. You're the king. You go do this. I'm next to you. It wasn't Batman and Robin, but it was close. Then he comes home to Cleveland. Kyrie Irving is there, but that's LeBron's team in every conceivable way. And so that's LeBron's team. But Kyrie was perfect for what LeBron needed. He needed someone who wanted to have his own team. He needed someone who was completely unafraid to take the biggest shots in the biggest moments. 
And Kyrie was that. Because while LeBron was Batman, Kyrie never thought of himself as Robin. Now he brings in Anthony Davis. Davis comes in his career at a moment where LeBron is in the final act, and Davis is looking for someone who can take him over the finish line. Anthony Davis got tired of trying to do it all by himself. Anthony Davis looks in a mirror right now and he sees Giannis. Giannis in Milwaukee banging his head against the wall saying, I don't want to leave here to team up with other people. I want to win a championship right where I was. But at some point I'm going to give up. And that's where Anthony Davis was in New Orleans. And that's how you wind up orchestrating the trade that brings him together with LeBron James. And if you look at the fit, you look at the way those two fit together. If basketball was a jigsaw puzzle, and I've been doing a lot of jigsaw puzzles during this pandemic. And if I never do another one again, it'll be too soon. But that's a different topic for a different day. But as we sit and do jigsaw puzzles, you put pieces together. Sometimes they don't look like they would fit together exactly. Then there are other times there are pieces that look like it should go together. How does this not go? That's got the little circular thing and it's got the right exact space. It looks like it should fit together perfectly. And it doesn't. Turns out it's a little different shade of green. In this case, the pieces fit together perfectly. Let me bring Brian Winhorst into this conversation. The Hoop Collective is his podcast, and he's with me on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. And I just think, uh, Wendy, there's no more delicious way to kick off a Friday show than with a question like that. In your mind, if you were to vote on my Twitter poll today, who's the best running mate LeBron James has had in his championship career? Dwayne Wade, Kyrie Irving, or Anthony Davis? So I've thought about this a lot, and I've thought about how to frame it, because when you use the word best, it gets people's backs up. And also, Anthony Davis and LeBron haven't accomplished anything yet, whereas he's got rings with other guys. So what I have elected to say is that Anthony Davis is the most all-encompassing or best all-around teammate he's ever had. And, you know, if you're looking for ways to back it up beyond the eye test, um, He's never played with a first-team All-NBA player, as Anthony Davis is. He's never played with a first-team All-Defensive player, as Anthony Davis is. Um, Dwayne Wade had a lot of advantages, Chris Bosh as well, and then you just talked about some of the things Kyrie could do. But as far as what he brings all around, I think it's, um, I think it's a huge thing. And then there's one important factor that, makes LeBron so happy to play with Anthony Davis. LeBron cares and is invested in statistics. Um, Not that it's something that drives him, but when LeBron connects with Anthony Davis, he gets assists. You know, LeBron moving to point guard and assisting Anthony Davis. I think he assisted Anthony Davis more than anybody else in the league this year. The LeBron to Anthony Davis connection was the number one assist connection in the league. He, can, he has a tangible thing that he can show and be a part of where he gets sort of a tally for his uh, cooperation with that player. And so I don't want to make it sound like he's surface level like that, but it, it, it's not worth nothing. No, those, those things are important. Uh, he, he's a one who recognizes as well as anybody does the way he's judged. He's being judged against ghosts. He's, he's not competing with Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant or any of the other contemporaries. He's competing with Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and guys like that. So all those things go into the conversation. This isn't the right way to look at it, 
But if you were choosing up sides or if you were picking a team from scratch, you would take Anthony Davis first, right? If that, in that draft, if Anthony Davis, Dwayne Wade, and Kyrie Irving are all available to be drafted, Anthony Davis is the first pick, right? Yeah, just because, again, both ends of the court, Dwayne Wade was a good defender, but he was, he was an elite shot blocker for a guard, but he was not an elite overall defender. Um, he was good within the team structure. I'm qualifying this 10 times over because I don't want to put any shade there. Uh, Kyrie was, a, was frankly a poor defender. Um, Kyrie was a better individual offensive player, but um, LeBron can set up AD more than with Kyrie or with Dwayne Wade, where essentially a lot of times it was taking turns. The structure of their games flow more together. So, um, yes, in that scenario, I would take... Anthony Davis, number one, and, and I think LeBron felt that way, which is why LeBron was advocating for the Lakers to essentially trade the whole team for Anthony Davis, and he'll figure out the rest. Um, I thought at the time that the Lakers had overpaid for Anthony Davis and that it was going to hurt them building the rest of the team, and even from that time, LeBron didn't want to hear that noise. He was like, I don't care if you had to trade even more. Just get me Anthony Davis, and the two of us are going to make this happen. And they are backing that up with this playoff run. Greeny and Wendy with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. There's no shade here at all. This is one of those conversations that just having your name involved in it is is an indication of how great you are. Dwayne Wade is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Kyrie Irving will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Anthony Davis will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Part of it is how well they fit with LeBron. And part of it, too, Wendy, is that LeBron is in a different place in his career. And I think mentally, when he went to Miami, he went there. He talked about it in that letter when he went back to Cleveland. He went there almost the way other people use college. He went there to learn, to experiment with something new and different. And Dwayne Wade was the right guy for that. He comes back to Cleveland and he needed a guy who was who basically had no conscience. He needed someone who wasn't going to be afraid to miss a big shot, which is what you need in order to be willing to take a big shot. And now at the end of his career, maybe he needs someone who can carry him some of the time, and Anthony Davis is that guy. So in some ways, LeBron has planned it all out extraordinarily well. Yeah, uh, LeBron has not had a great series by his standards. His statistics look pretty good. He's averaging like 22 points, uh, 9-9 and or something like that. Um, but he hasn't actually been great offensively. His his outside shooting has been poor. His mid-range shooting has been poor. He's been really good in transition, and he was able to get to the line last night. But if LeBron was giving this sort of offensive effort in other conference finals series that he had in the past, he would not be up 3-1, okay? Now, maybe he would have gutted out a game, and maybe he could have gotten it to 2-2, but chances are he would not have been able to do this. And um, I think it just shows Anthony Davis has been spectacular, especially these last two series where he's just feasted on, um, you know, a lot of times defenders who just can't handle him, you know. And, uh, you know, these are two series back-to-back, Houston and Denver, where it is prime for him to put up giant numbers, and he is doing that, averaging over 30 points a game, hitting uh, game-winning baskets. The idea that LeBron—I mean, I'll just go back to 2015. Um, in in the you know playoff game at that time, it was the series was 2-1. He was behind to the Bulls. Uh, David Blatt tried to draw up a, a play for Kyrie Irving with LeBron as decoy, and LeBron— essentially grabbed the clipboard and said, there's no way I'm ever going to be the decoy here in the game in, you know, in game two where Anthony Davis hits that game winner, LeBron was 
glad to have been the decoy, congratulated Rondo, and congratulated Anthony Davis. Yes, it's a different portion of his career, but it's also an indication of the way he feels about those teammates. I'm completely with you. We talked about that after that game. The fact that that everyone was good with Anthony Davis being the one to take that shot, I think, was significant. Greeny and Windy, two other things I'd like to ask you about. One is, for anyone who watches us in the morning on Get Up, uh, Brian Winhorst, you were, I don't want to say you were ahead of the curve on the pandemic, because uh, that's certainly not something anyone wants to celebrate. But my point is, you were talking about the coronavirus as something that was going to have the kind of impact on sports that it did before anyone else was, at least on our show. And we talked at great length about what to expect, what they might do, might they shut it all down, then they shut it down. And then you and I talked a million times about will they be able to come back? What will happen when they do? Now that they've gotten to where they are, and I don't want to jinx anything, but it certainly feels like they're going to get to the finish line in extraordinary fashion. How would you put into words the accomplishment of of the NBA picking up their entire world, putting it in this bubble, and getting it to where it looks like they're going to get in about three weeks? I would say it's the greatest accomplishment in the 75-year history of the league. Um, you know, you can you can frame that different ways. You know, they, you know, there were TV deals that moved them forward. You know, you know certain maneuvers. You know, Michael Jordan. You know, something like that. I mean, you know, so accomplishments can come in small and big packages. But for them to execute this, um, to be able to save the season and in a lot of ways uh, reinvigorate the season, to give the players the platform. Um, that, that they are that they are using right now, and to manage the challenge that um, is coming to them, and yet still be able to provide um, incredible basketball product. Because at the end of the day, the NBA is an entertainment business, and there's a lot of other things going on, but that's the product that delivers at the end. And what Adam Silver and specifically the the player leaders, guys like Chris Paul, guys like Andre Iguodala, guys like LeBron. Um, have been able to inspire from their peers this this situation and it makes a three i mean you think of three months i mean a three months is a quarter of the year um you know a quarter of the year spent into this situation it's a huge time investment and we are seeing tremendous tremendous product and um uh, I hope that the NBA is going to be able to reap the rewards for this going forward, having delivered on this. Uh, but I got to tell you, I mean, I was, I remember talking about the need for a bubble in late March and I remember doing research throughout the entire month of April. I had a big story that came out uh, on May 1st where I'd spent a month talking to people across the entire landscape about what a bubble would need to look like. And I emerged from that thinking it was going to be next to impossible. And if it did get executed, it was going to have to be like playoffs only and skeleton. I remember talking to Tim Corrigan, who runs our uh, coverage, uh, who puts all those shows together. Every time you see a a high-profile game on ESPN, Tim Corrigan is behind it. And I remember talking to him about the feasibility of doing this with five cameras, like it was a local access uh, high school basketball game. And to look at the product that we had every single night that, um, that ESPN and TNT have been put on and the players to do it from May 1st after I spent a month on this. I mean, I would even argue that I was ahead of the league at some times asking some of the questions I was asking. And I was pessimistic they could pull it off and very pessimistic they could be pulled off at a high quality. And for them to put it all together, Greeny, at this level 
it's an accomplishment on, 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 on a scale that we've never seen in the league before. That's really well said. Seems like a perfect place to leave it. Wendy, thank you. Thank you for jumping in here. Enjoy the weekend. I'll see you next week. Thanks, Greeny. You too. That's Wendy with me again. His podcast is called The Hoop Collective. And I'll remind you, you can listen to ESPN Audio at home on your smart speaker. ESPN Audio at home is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van. Find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. Again, the poll question is up on my Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny. Who do you think is the best running mate that LeBron has had? Dwayne Wade, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis. Meanwhile, guys, I'm going to move it to the football here. We spent more time there than I meant to, but I think that was worth it. And I want to get some NFL conversation in here because it is a football Friday and it is a great weekend, an absolutely great weekend of NFL action with quite a few games, but there are three that clearly jump off the page. And we're going to do an all quarterback edition of who you got coming up in about 15 minutes where we'll look at some of the quarterback matchups and some of the big quarterback questions in the league. But there are three matchups that jump off the page, and I'll take them in the order in which they'll be played. 4.25 Eastern time in that prime afternoon slot on Sunday afternoon, you get the Cowboys at the Seahawks. Back-to-back week, Seattle is in a huge glamour game. They had the Sunday night game against Belichick and the Patriots last week. They found a way to win that, holding off Cam Newton by one yard at the finish. They've got Russell Wilson, who's having off to the best start of his Hall of Fame career, and I think right now uh, is the favorite to win MVP. He actually is the favorite in Vegas. And then he goes up against Dak, and I think this is a really interesting spot for Dak in Dallas. By accident, not designed last week, they had to open up that offense and call the game much more aggressively because they fell 20 points behind. And even if they don't, get incredibly lucky because the Falcons don't seem to know what an onside kick is, what it looks like, and how to cover one. Even if that hadn't happened, Dak brought them most of the way back by opening up that offense in 450 yards, no matter how bad Atlanta's defense is. That's still a big day. And C.D. Lamb starting to emerge, and Dak Prescott starting to emerge, and now getting the chance to go head-to-head against the presumptive MVP? That's a really interesting matchup to me. And a big game, I think, for Dak and for the Cowboys. Getting that win, banking that win last week really helps them. If they don't come from behind in that miracle win and they're staring 0-3 in the face this weekend, it has a different feeling. But one way or another, I think that's a great game. Then Sunday night, you get the legends. You get Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Drew Brees and the Saints. New Orleans is home. And here are these two legendary quarterbacks, one of whom seems to be rejuvenated, playing as well as it feels like he has in years in Rodgers, off to a great start, right in the middle of the MVP conversation two weeks into the season. And Drew Brees, who looks his age, who through two weeks has looked his age and is playing without his best target in Michael Thomas, and who frankly right now looks like a 41-year-old quarterback, And the conversation around him is about whether or not they would even remotely consider benching him. Now, I don't think they will. I certainly don't think they will anytime soon. And I'd love to see him bounce back with a big performance. Nothing I'd love more than to see a shootout on Sunday night between those two legends. Then we get to Monday night and what could become the best quarterback rivalry of its generation. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs at Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. They've met twice before. Mahomes and the Chiefs have won both games. Last year, they were in control through most of it. The year before, Baltimore was in control through most of it, and Mahomes had 
one of his most miraculous plays. He picked up a fourth down while basically running directly to his right and throwing a miracle pass to Tyreek Hill. They wound up winning that game. Lamar Jackson in his regular season career is 21-1 and against everybody else. He's 0-2 against Mahomes and the Chiefs. So that's the game that we had circled on the calendar from the moment that the schedule was first released. And I will remind you that on our podcasts today, every single day we put a podcast out from this show. It's called Greeny. And of course, Get Up as a podcast as well. And at the end of our podcast today, there's bonus football content brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app in which I pick several of these games, including those that I just talked about. And we'll do that a little more on the radio as well. As I mentioned, coming up, an all-quarterback edition of Who You Got. I'd also love you to continue voting on my Twitter page, Who's the Best Running Mate LeBron Has Ever Had? Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny with you and delighted that you're here with me on a Friday. Again, I've got a really good poll question up. Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Who's the best running bait LeBron James has had in the NBA? Won championships with Dwayne Wade. Won one with Kyrie and is a game away from the finals with Anthony Davis. You want my Straight Talk? Here's my Straight Talk. AD is the best, Wade is the greatest, and Kyrie was the perfect complement at the time, the perfect fit, and oh, by the way, he's also a first ballot Hall of Famer. You don't win championships in the NBA by yourself, no matter how good you are. LeBron has had multiple Scottie Pippins with him along the way, and right now, he has the best of them all. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? All right, huge football weekend coming up. And Bubba, my disheveled board operator, has put together a special quarterback edition of Who You Got. Hello, Bubba. Hello. Ready to go. Are you? What do we got? All right, let's do it. I'm completely ready. All right, perfect. Quarterbacks. Let's start Packers Saints. Take away their pure talent. Which quarterback has had the better career? Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. Who you got? No, Drew Brees. Drew Brees is the most decorated quarterback in the regular season ever. Decorated is the wrong word. He's the most accomplished. Drew Brees holds every significant passing rating, uh, record. He also has lost a bunch of playoff games that were completely beyond his control. We did a piece on Get Up this morning about how differently Drew Brees might be viewed today if he had had a chance to go head-to-head against Brady in that Super Bowl a few years ago that he should have. I mean, the call at the end of that game in the NFC Championship game that put the Rams in the Super Bowl is genuinely the worst call in NFL history. It's the worst call ever. There's no question that it was wrong. No one disputes that it was wrong, and it completely flips the outcome of an incredibly important game. Breeze gets into the Super Bowl there. If he beats Brady, now he's beaten Brady and Peyton in the, in the Super Bowl. 
Drew Brees holds every passer record there is in the regular season. Rodgers is better, but right now on the historical list, Brees has accomplished more. Rodgers still has more time left. Bubba, what's next? All right, game of the weekend, Cowboys-Seahawks. Would Cowboys fans be happy if Dak had a similar career to Russell, or are they expecting more? Who you got? Well, that's see, that makes me crazy, hashtag Bubba. You and your fellow Cowboy fan brethren. This sure. is why Stephen A. Smith gets so angry with all of you. Russell Wilson is a first ballot Hall of Fame player. Right. So you're expecting Dak, yep. more. You're yeah. expecting more than that. You'll be disappointed if Dak only winds up being as good as Russell Wilson. I mean, we're asking is, is you the question. I'm asking you. I mean, no, no. I've I've turned this around on you now. This this show is not called hashtag Bubba. It's called hashtag Greeny. I get to do that if I want to. That's a ridiculous question. If, if he becomes Russell Wilson, he will become extraordinarily successful. Do you know Russell Wil- Russell Wilson? Is let's, well, let's let's think. They've got Staubach, they've got Aikman, they've got Romo, now they've got Dak. Russell Wilson, when it's all said and done, is going to wind up being on the pantheon of quarterbacks. See, I put Staubach ahead of Aikman, but it's close. He's going to wind up ahead of Romo for sure. I have to think that one through a little bit more because it's a big statement to say that I'm going to put him ahead of Aikman. He's got a long way to go before that. But let's put it this way. If Dak Prescott winds up as good as Russell Wilson, then everyone, including Dak, should be doing handstands because he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Hashtag Bubba with who you got. What's next? All right, Bengals, Eagles. So the next five years, are you taking Joe Burrow or are you taking Carson Wentz? Who you got? I like the way you say Bengals. You say that like you're like you're saying the name of the of the of the the, the, the group from the eighties and the nineties who sang Manic Monday. The it's Bengals. 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 Not the not the Bengals. The Bengals. <laughs> it's the Bengals. It's it's Bengals. The Bengals <laughs> Eagles. <laughs> Bengals. Okay. Either way, I, I, I'm sorry you distracted me. What's the question again? <sighs> Next five years, are you taking Joe yeah. Burrow? Or Carson Wentz, who you got? Oh, that's a good question. I'll take Susanna Hoffs over both of them. She's the lead singer of the Bengals. I like Burrow. I, I, I like what I'm seeing from him. I, I, you know what? I'm going to go Burrow. The problem is I don't have all the confidence in the world in the Bengals to do the right things around him. But I actually think he might be good enough. I'm, I'm, I'm basing this on one college season and two games. But I think he might be good enough to be the kind of guy who actually turns the fortunes of an entire franchise. I'm going to go Burrow on that. If you were asking me to choose between them, there'd be no question I would take Burrow. But the, the, the team that he plays for, the circumstances he's in, gives me some pause. But I will go Burrow for the next five years over Wentz. Who you got with hashtag Bubba? What's next? All right, another five-year question. We got Rams Bills. So are you taking Jared Goff or Josh Allen for the next five years? Who you got? Boy, I really like that question, and I really like what I've seen from Josh Allen. We're going to see him take a step up in class this week. He goes up against Aaron Donald and that Rams defense, which is much better than he has seen so far. So far, he's done it. He's, he has looked like, like Cam Newton looked when Cam Newton was unstoppable running and throwing. And he's got to do it against better competition. He's done it against the terrible Jets and the slightly less terrible Dolphins. If he does it against Aaron Donald, he'll flip my pick. Right now I'll go Goff because I have great confidence in Goff's coach. 
I also think that team is just in a good place. They're going to continue to spend money. I, I, if I, if I, if I were to choose one right now, I would go golf, but let me see Allen do this to the Rams on Sunday. And I will come on here Monday and I will flip that pick. Bubba, you got one more? Sure. Washington, Cleveland next year. Will both Haskins and Mayfield be starting for their current teams? Who you got? Oh, boy. I, I hate that question only because I hate that I think the answer is no. I think the answer might be no in both cases. I've been a big supporter of both of these guys. I like them both. I love Dwayne Haskins in college. I by no means have given up on him. Mayfield, he's got everything at his disposal. I, I, I was not that impressed with the win last Thursday night. I have some Odell stuff coming up later in the show we'll talk about. I, I think if I had to bet an amount of money that mattered to me right now, I would bet that at least one of them will not be the starter next season. And, and if you forced me to, I think I would say both. It's well done. Hashtag Bubba. Outstanding job with who you got an all quarterback edition on this football Friday as we look ahead to a very, very important weekend in the NFL. But coming up next, sometimes the simplest solution to the most complicated problem is sitting right in front of your face. Simplest solution, hardest problem. I'll give it to you next. Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. So we are starting later than others, but I'm delighted we're going to have a meaningful season. Seven games, have a chance to compete for the college football playoff. Even with a condensed schedule, they're going to have the opportunity to slide into that conversation. Paul Feinbaum is with me here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line because Paul was with me on Get Up this morning, and he's the best. And it's a very interesting little juncture for college football because they've started to play, and now the SEC is going to start this weekend, and then the Big Ten is going to start next month, and now we find out that the Pac-12 is going to start, and they're going to figure out if they can jam absolutely everything into one little window here in the middle of this pandemic. And Paul Feinbaum made, I think, a very easy and obvious observation on my show this morning that just makes far too much sense for it to possibly happen. Paul, it's not an original thought, but I liked it, and I'd love you to share it with this audience. What does this seem like the right time to do as far as you're concerned? Uh, how about expand the playoff, Greeny? Uh, everyone seems to think that's a good idea, except the person it would benefit the most, and that's Larry Scott, who for now remains, uh, for whatever reason, the commissioner of the Pac-12. He had a great <laughs> opportunity to stamp his, to stomp his feet yesterday and scream and shake his 
his fist and say, we need to open this up. But instead, he did the conventional thing that all college administrators do. You know, we had a robust conversation about this. But right now, we're, we're, we're good. In, in other words, his, t- his, his conference has virtually no chance of getting in. Not, not that it matters, Greeny. Uh, they've only been in, in, in twice. I mean, there have been 24 slots in the, in the college football playoffs since its inception. They, they own two without a championship. It's been 15 years since uh, they won one out there. But why do I need to state facts? Uh, I'll, I'll leave that to the commissioner to bloviate. I hear you. And, and I want to make it clear that in normal circumstances, I am not in favor of expanding the playoff. And you and I have had that debate, and I'm sure we'll have it again. But these are not normal circumstances. These are the least normal circumstances any of us have ever lived through inside or outside of sports. And I made the observation on the show this morning, Paul, that no one in the world loves anything the way college football loves the way we've always done it. Why is that? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think because all these guys have you know, high paying jobs and, and, and they're, they're, they're almost in some consortium where they, nobody wants to upset the apple cart and, and greeny uh, it took forever to get college football to to move to some sort of playoff i mean the fact that we're, we're at four is almost a, a miracle but back to your original point in this year the ncaa which doesn't move very quickly either although it's moving faster than it, it ever has essentially said yesterday yeah if you go owen owen 10 you can still get into a bowl game because these bowl games, I think there are 43 and all, aren't, we're, we're not, would not have been able to fill all the slots. That now, now that the Pac-12 is around, it would be easier. But So I just don't know why uh, these people uh, have to be like that, but they are. Um, and, you know, some of it has to do with the Rose Bowl, traditional January 1st. Well, so what? Play The, you know, the Rose Bowl can, can be a week later, or you can, you can do something different than you've always done, but uh, it, 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 I love the sport. Uh, I make my living at it. it. It creates more chaos than anything, but it's run like a 1950s country club. <laughs> Speaking of chaos, uh, your beloved SEC kicks off tomorrow. So just give me a little taste of what the conversations are going to be. If Alabama, if, if, if Alabama is unbeaten and I don't know, LSU has one loss, Georgia has one loss, throw, throw, fill in the right team for me there has one loss and USC out West is seven and oh, what's going to happen if they choose four teams at the end and one of those is USC and it's not a one loss team from the SEC. Yeah, there, there, there'll be a lot of screaming. Here's the scenario, Greedy. You have Florida from the East and Alabama from the West. Let's say they meet in the SEC championship game. They're two and three in the country uh, or maybe one and two or one and three. And, and Alabama wins a game on a, on a last second field goal. And there's, uh, and there's Southern Cal out there or Oregon who, you know, has played six or seven games or however many they get in. Uh, and if there's any conference that won't get all the games in because of some local ordinance, it will be the PAC 12. And they have some issues out there, but uh, some of them are self-inflicted. Uh, how are you going to justify that? Uh, you've played in the SEC. You, 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 you would have beaten Georgia. You would have beaten LSU, and you lose to Alabama. And you're going to sit at home while some school out west has played. And I mean, I, when I saw that schedule yesterday, six or seven games, it reminded me Greeny when we were like kids, and you know, our, our local community center, we have a five-game <laughs> Pee Wee football schedule. I mean, it looked ridiculous. <laughs> Um, and it didn't have to be that way. The Pac-12 has known for a while they were coming back. The Big 12 announced last week the Pac-12 wasted a week, uh, and now that's why they're starting two weeks late. And are you know, I mean, I, I, they should be eligible for the playoff, and, 
And by the way, they'll get like a $65 million check for being eligible, but they won't really be contributing. And, and I said before, sometimes the most obvious solutions are just staring you in the face. This one time you could put eight teams in the playoff. Baseball is putting 16 teams in the postseason this year because in a pandemic, things tend to change. Paul, enjoy the games this weekend. Thank you, as always, my friend. I'll see you next week. Can't wait. Thanks, Grady. That's Paul Feinbaum with me. Of course, you hear him on his show a little bit later and you see him regularly with me on Get Up. He's just terrific. I'll remind you, if you miss anything here with me, we're here with you every single day, two hours every day. And if you miss anything, we make it into a podcast immediately afterwards. And that is available wherever you listen to podcasts. It is called Hashtag Greenie. And once again, Bubba, just come on the air and say out loud the name of the football team that plays in Cincinnati. Bengals. (laughs) It's the Bengals. Yeah, I... The Cincinnati Bengals. It's it's not the Bengals. I, what we're were you say, we're me? literally saying the same thing. What are you talking? We're not saying the same thing. The I'm Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> See now, now, I think you're changing it a little bit. It, it is it is the Bengals. Ben Ben B E N Bengals. The Bengals. If you have a if you have a it's not if you have a friend who spells his name B E N. Do you call him Bane? Ben. It's Ben. So now I just add a goals to the end of that and say it. Bengals. That's it. Bengals. That's their name. They're Bengals, not the Bengals. I tell you, these things drive me nuts. I got so much work to do with this staff. All right. Ryan Clark is going to join me as we continue coming up here. And I will point out an anniversary that blows my mind. On the way, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.